This is the Douglas Robin Show. Welcome to the Den of Discussion. I'm your host, Douglas Robbins. Today, we're speaking with Ben Albert of B. Albert Marketing. He can help with LinkedIn growth, online marketing, personal branding, building a business by your design, finding your values, and creating content and solutions that coincide with your values, monetizing a podcast, and then later in the show, we'll get to his CAN system of networking. So if you're a writer, and I know there's a lot of writers and podcasters on the show, get out your pen and pencils. This is going to help you with your marketing, with reaching people, with networking, and getting your show and or books out there um, in ways you probably have never been able to before. So Ben, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited, humble to be here. And like a river, you said before, wherever this flows, I'm cool with. I'm just looking to have a fun conversation with you. Sounds great, man. You know, we've spoken in the past and I've always, you know, appreciated speaking with you. So wanted to have you on the show. So Ben, let us first start with your background a little bit, where you come from, you know, growing up a little bit and then how you got into marketing where you are now. Yeah, it's funny when you look back and you journal a little bit about your childhood and your life, how all these things, all these at the time, even traumas and struggles were putting me in a position where I get to be a marketing professional and I get to host a podcast. But I didn't envision myself as a marketer when I was younger. I was actually the quietest kid in school. And not only was I the quietest kid, I was the second shortest kid. The only one shorter than me was a little Asian girl named Olivia Lee. So I was proud not to be the shortest kid, but I was the shortest boy. So mm -hmm. think you're quiet, you're small, but you want to be a basketball player when you grow up. I loved Michael Jordan. I liked, I saw Vince Carter on the slam dunk competition and I wanted to do that. Needless yeah. to say, I, I was destined genetically not to even reach five, eight, right. maybe five, seven, three quarters on a good day. So long story short, that basically wasn't wasn't my purpose in life. But that's what I thought I wanted to go on at a jersey for every day in the week. So think I'm the short little kid playing basketball, but I'm getting beat up. I'm getting pushed around. I'm getting bullied. And what yeah. ended up happening after a little bit of time is I actually started to make myself even smaller, like I would become reclusive and yeah. I didn't want to talk and have these conversations because I was afraid where the conversation would go. And the only reason I tell this part of the story, Doug, is I didn't envision myself as a marketing professional. Um, I'm starting to break a sweat already because having these conversations, I still get the jitters, right? Yeah. But it was around high school, late in high school, that I started to find at my time, my community, my tribe, my people. And it was in the music industry. Lots mm -hmm. of creative types, a lot of quiet, introverted types, um, incredible musicians. And I just clung on to music. But I wasn't the best musician, played guitars and drums. But ultimately, I, I wasn't destined to be a musician. But one thing I was good at, Doug, was handing out the flyers setting up the MySpace pages. And one thing that I found is the quiet kid, once he was aligned with someone, it's something that he was passionate about. For me, it was music. Some for people, it's sports, it's writing, it's their business. Once I was aligned with that, I was no longer the quiet kid. You couldn't get me to shut up because I was talking about things that I loved. And there was literally like a quarter of our school would wear band T-shirts of the local bands because me and a few people were just promoting the heck out of these local musicians. Mm. 
all this to say nowadays, and I'm skipping like 10 years, I have a marketing firm and it all started when I, I didn't realize that I was going to build a business in marketing, but it all started when I found my place. And that was with advocating and amplifying other people. I still kind of hesitate in a leadership role. I ra- I prefer being the advocate. I like mm-hmm. grabbing a business by their hand and taking them to the promised land or wherever they'd like to go. But it really all comes down from that curiosity, that advocation for other businesses um, and doing the best I can to help people. So that's a lot all at once. Um, we can dissect it or take it wherever you want, but I'm just really passionate about what I get to do. You know, it seemed like you had the promoter's gene, you know, like you really loved being associated with it. But it's curious because especially musicians, artists, etc., people often find sort of disillusionment in the world or alienation. But when you find music or find that calling, that creative, you know, output, that expression, um, often there's a great power in that, like a, a sense of belonging. Um, you know, I felt that with writing myself, I never felt connected to school or the institutions or religion, or I always felt like an outsider, like, what is, what is the point of any of this? And then later in high school, I found writing and I I didn't know that there was so much power one could find in words. And they often came to me and there's from this other sacred place that you really can't put your finger on. And uh, I remember Neil Pert from the band Rush was mm. was similar, that he was always an awkward kid, but in music, that's where his power was. And I think that's true with a lot of artists, actors, actresses, et cetera. Um, so you found your sweet spot, if you will, fertile, fertile soil for you to start blossoming, because it is so easy when you feel small, and I don't necessarily mean physically, but emotionally, mentally, you feel small. It's so easy to feel smaller. Mm. You know, you start just pulling away and you don't feel like you're you found a place of your own. And so when you find a place now, you can grow. And so it seems like for the last, you know, decade or two, you've been growing and now you've you've gotten your own or built your own marketing firm at this point. Yeah, what what the things that used to be my turmoil, my stress foghorn stories of my father being an alcoholic and being abusive verbally to me and my mom and mm-hmm. being small and being bullied are actually now toolboxes because they're, ex- yeah. they're, they're ex- tools in my toolbox because they're experiences that allows me to have a different mindset and a different yeah. growth mentality than if I didn't go through it. I don't know if anyone's watching the video. I'm not perfect at it, but I try to sit up straight. Um, right. I try to make eye contact. When I was like 15, I really liked this girl and we're hanging out on the playground and she says, Ben, you cannot look me in the eyes. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. what? She's like, you don't look me in the eyes like you are unable to look me in the eyes. Why don't you look me in the eyes? Now we're 15. So it's just like very forward in her statement. And she was right. Like I thought about it. Like I was afraid to look my parents in the eyes. I was afraid to look people in the eyes. I made myself smaller. So what was once a lacking in, you know, all these areas actually caused me to, in a way, overcompensate and do whatever I can to show up and be better in those areas that I once lacked. Yeah. 
Do you think, and I've met several people who, who, who will look around me and I yeah. know a lot of people have experiences. They won't, they'll kind of like off to the side, look at me, but not directly. And what do you think that is a shame? What, what, what is that, that kind of keeps that separation, if you will? You know, that's a great question. I think a different guest could give you a better answer. I think that shame is um, probable. I also think in a way it's a learned skill. Um, a lot of people that, and I don't like to introverted, extroverted, we're all a blend, but a lot of people sure. that are just naturally very charismatic, there's a high probability that people close to them were naturally very charismatic. So their parents made eye contact. Their parents were maybe athletic and crystal clear or very focused. Yeah. But if your parents are very much sucked into work, very much sucked into alcohol traveling all the time it's possible that you don't get that interaction on a day-to-day -day basis yeah and something like making eye contact i think in a way is a learned skill but if you don't have anyone teaching you that kind of through osmosis caught rather than talk kind of stuff later in life you're like wow i can't make eye contact or i'm very nervous or maybe there's shame or maybe i'm not confident in myself and yeah. that's why i look away because i'm afraid of being judged this is me just thinking out loud, but I'd love to have like a psychologist or, you know, someone with a little more background to dive deep into exactly why that occurs. Uh, well, it's something I know and it's something I've been sort of dealing with and learning about is when you're a baby, you interact or in interpret yourself about the world through your parents' eyes. And so you're making eye contact with them. And this is where you first get the inclination of, am I safe? Am I safe in the world? Mm -hmm. Am I safe to go on and, you know, do good things or whatever and stand tall? Or am I not safe? Because this is the most vulnerable you will ever be in your life, right? This infant, you're dependent. And so quite often, if you don't have that proper bonding with the eyes, and the interpretation is, oh, I'm not worthy or I'm not worthy of love or I can't look at people. And I was curious if if your father, if you were, for instance, scared of him, that you would not look at him directly because he might react in a negative manner or come down harshly because he was drunk or abusive at that time. And maybe that's natural to kind of avert one's eyes. Potentially possibly and i need to dive deep into this <laughs> the one thing i will tell you is and I you thought we were going to talk about marketing only i i love talking about this kind of stuff because at the end of the day there's a million ways you can market your business there's way yeah. to get things done but um it's the humanity of the people that i think is more important i yeah. like to work with people that we align with values we're on the same page it's a partnership so yeah. i'm happy to talk about the humanity behind my life and your life. I want to take full responsibility. I think I was probably not confident and convicted in myself. So I was afraid to make eye contact because of my own lack where that own lack started. I don't want to point fingers. Um, but if I was more confident and convicted, we wouldn't be having this conversation, but Hey, it's all part of my past. 
Yeah, we would always be bold and on that playground with the girl you'd have been staring at. I'd be like, I want to kiss you, baby. <laughs> creep it or creep it or not creepy, you know. Would you have you ever seen someone way. you ever someone who doesn't break gaze at all? Who doesn't who just continues staring? Yeah, well, so kids I, do that, right? Kids oh, will just stare. Mm. I don't know if kids make good eye contact when they stare, though. They just look at you like I was a cashier in one of my first jobs. And one of the people that would come in, I swear to God, like he wouldn't look at his groceries. He wouldn't look at me. Mm. He would just like stare me in the eyes and small talk the entire time. And it made me Mm. very uncomfortable. (laughs) That's a little creepy. But yeah, as kids, (laughs) because kids are, you know, the difference kids are just observing Mm-hmm. They're not judging. And I think as we get older, we start judging and isolating. They're this, they're that, I'm this, that, you know, the separation um, of the collective. But, you know, children just, they'll just watch. They're not doing anything of, like a dog will just sit there and stare at you. Um, but like, it's funny as an adult, like, what are you looking at? Well, I'm just looking at you. Like, <laughs> we're people, we're all interested in, in each other, you know. Anyway. Um, so Ben, let's get to why you're, you're here, you know, marketing and every, there's so much information. My goodness. It is a a virtual sea of information. It can be so overwhelming and daunting to people. Um, you know, like for instance, if you're on Facebook, you just get bombarded with ads of people can do all this and that for you. Uh, and there's no proof. There's so many, so much smoke and mirrors out there um, without often the content. I remember uh, I was following a guy, this was a number of years ago uh, when I was trying to get the writing off the ground. And I'm not going to mention his name, but he was somewhat well known as a book marketer. And follow his, you know, his 10 steps and buy his program, et cetera, et cetera. But I looked into him a little further and he's a guaranteed bestseller. And I looked at him a little further and he had one book out and he had like three reviews or something like that. And I'm like, well, dude, if you can't prove it or make it happen yourself, why am I going to put my hard earned money on what you're claiming? Because, you know, there's a lot of that people happy to take your money and he seemed like a good guy and maybe he was and maybe he believed this product but you know to get back to it it's very confusing it's very daunting so i'm glad we have you on the show because i know you're all about values and serving people so let's get at it so a big thing in the marketing field and branding field right now is finding your values that's kind of a newer trend right it's a new thing of authenticity and being true to yourself Therefore, you're true to your marketing, you're true to your content. Um, what does that exactly mean to you? Uh, and how, do, how does that help someone sell a product? Absolutely. So it's as simple. It starts with a Google search. Just type in list of values, list of 100 values, value list. Doesn't matter. I don't have a specific one that I recommend. You can very easily get a long list that's going to help you brainstorm. Um, I do recommend you print that out because you're going to want to cross out ones that uh, here's the thing. We want to break it down to one, three or five at the absolute maximum. So you're going to go into it and start crossing out ones that you might value integrity. But if it's not in your top three, maybe, you know, so on and so forth. So you start crossing out ones that just don't resonate. 
you start highlighting ones that resonate right off the bat. And then a lot, and we actually talked a little bit about this in the, the start of my story, a lot of our values are developed at a very, very young age. And um, I learned this through Rene Rodriguez. He wrote a book, Amplify Your Influence. So I'm taking this from Rene, but Amplify Your Influence is a great book. Um, he talks about foghorn stories and lighthouse stories. So we have lots of stories in our life. What does foghorn stories mean exactly? Yeah, I was getting into that. So a foghorn story is a story of lack. I'm going to actually start with a lighthouse story. So a lighthouse story is that typical hero's journey mentor where the Obi-Wan Kenobi comes into play. When the mentor comes into play, shows you the way and there's, you know, there's peaks and valleys, but the mentor helps you. And there's this pivotal yeah. moment in this pivotal person um, that can achieve be your quest, achieve your quest. And it could be a father. It could be a mentor. It could be a friend. It could be a book. Those are lighthouse stories that help develop you to achieve that quest. And then a foghorn story is a story where you have the opposite. You don't have a sense of belonging in mm. your life. You are bullied when you're younger. You lose someone. You have a traumatic experience. And then you create a life that is going to replace what was lacking for you. Mm -hmm. So for me, I didn't feel a sense of belonging. I was quite literally small. And another thing is I was just obsessed with fun. So when I look at stories in my life, most of it comes from growth, learning, curiosity, and development because, um, I don't know, I just didn't feel smart enough. I wasn't a good student. I was never made to feel smart. Um, and then like community building and connection. That's why I have the Real Business Connections Network because I don't want to just have small talk, transactional business conversations. It's important to me to actually connect and actually bring value into people's lives because when I was younger, I felt disconnected. So we take this list and we take the ones that we've highlighted, maybe our top 10 or 20, and we look back at childhood on narratives that were common in our life, whether it was a yeah. lighthouse or a foghorn story. Yeah. And you'll notice that those narratives and who you were back then is generally exactly who you are right now. You're mm -hmm. just an embodiment of all those previous life experiences. So there you can start crossing things out. Not that they're bad, but you start narrowing it down to at most five. I, my big three are um, community growth and fun. And then anytime I create content online, anytime I tell a story or a marketing message, all of my writing and basically my speaking is based around developing community having fun and growth mindset and actionable tips to actually implement the things that we're learning. Um, so I kind of tackled a lot here, but if you start with these values, then it's not, it's not, here's a, a whole second um, way of thinking is completely just market your message based around what your audience wants. And that's not bad advice, but I like to start with, all my messaging being in alignment with my values, because mm -hmm. then you start attracting people that cling to that message and have similar yeah. values. Then you get to work with and sell to and partner with and collaborate with people of similar values. And then yeah. when you start connecting with those people, you do that age old advice. You ask them what they want, they need, what they, what kind of blog article, what kind of program. And then you build your programs around people that are already in your world 
Um, and then that allows you to live in alignment with who you are and create content for people that maybe are who you were in the past. So you can create content for who you were based on who you are now and help them exceed. My yeah. goal is for people to exceed where I am. So help them to reach where you are, if not exceed it. That was yeah. all over the place. Does that make sense? No, that makes perfect sense. It's sort of a roadmap of where you are and where you're trying to go and really identifying the values in your life um, help you navigate the waters. Because, I mean, truth be told, like, that's not just about marketing or businesses. That's about life and partners and, you know, marrying someone that has similar values you're going to most likely be able to navigate the waters and, and achieve things together. But if you have opposing values, well, you, the relationship will probably not last mm. um, because yeah. you have to have those, that foundation uh, to build that strong, you know, future, if you will. Um, yeah. That's kind of what I'm trying to do with, with, with my writing and, and podcasting. You know, I kind of, it dawned on me recently. I'm, really writing for seekers in many ways, spiritual mm. people, people trying to evolve and expand. Uh, also looking for just fun, fun, you know, stories, but meaningful stories. So p stories that hit them in the head and in the heart, maybe make them think, but also give them, as we were discussing earlier in the show, give them somewhere that they feel they belong and they're, they feel connected to. So, um, so you have yeah. so much, you know, let me walk through a simple model. Really, okay, great. It's, it's, it's lingering, lingering in my head here. Let's hear it, man. So you can make four sections. Section one, the value. Section two, let's begin in, with the end in mind. What is the purpose uh, that I'm trying to get across with what I'm about to create? Section three is a story. And section four is the medium. So st starting with the values easy, we want to talk about belonging. The medium's going to be through a uh, an article on my blog. What is the purpose of this blog? And what story am I going to tell to illustrate it so people understand the purpose? So you've got the value, the purpose, the medium. Um, well, I, I'm drawing a blank. Value, purpose, the medium, and the story <clears throat> that'll illustrate all those things. And as yeah. long as you tackle all four, it's going to be compelling for the person that needs that message. And, you know, you know, like having goals, right? Mm -hmm. Attainable goals, step-by-step -step goals is so crucial because, you know, you don't just say, hey, I want to make a million bucks. Well, that's nice, but how do you make a thousand bucks first? How do you make ten thousand bucks first? Um, and you know, we often have this sort of pie in the sky um, ideology where, like, oh, I finish a book and this happens to everybody. You finish a book and you expect the sky to open and the doves to be released, the balloons to fly, and everybody, you know, the gods come down. That doesn't happen. You know, it doesn't happen at all. And it's a very surreal experience because you it doesn't add up. Something doesn't connect, right? You feel like something great should happen. Nothing happens other than you finish it and it's a big accomplishment. But then you have to do the next step of work is the marketing. You know, and, and writing is hard and, and, you know, challenging. 
And then you have the opposite side. And a lot of writers are not good at marketing because that they're not salesmen. They're not, that's just not their mindset. Their mindset is I wrote the book. That's what I'm here to do. I'm not here to wear 50 other hats um, and be an expert in 50 other things. I'm the writer. And so I'm so glad we're speaking because, you know, so many writers and artists struggle with this and they don't get to that next level because they just feel like they're spinning their wheels. They don't know what the next steps are. So this is what, why it's so beautiful what you're offering. And I know you're very authentic and I greatly appreciate that. And that's why, like I said, I wanted you on the show. Um, you still there? I think the, the feed got a little, little blocked, but um, anyway, so Ben, what else you have the can system of networking? Can you hear me, my friend? Let's just give it a minute, folks. Ben, you there? Oh, we may have lost Ben, so we will start it in a second. Well, we'll see if he can come back on. Let's just give him a minute. He was about to tell you all the, the golden nuggets. So let's pause this one. Thank you for listening to the Douglas Robbins Show. To find out more about Douglas and his books, check out douglasrobbinsauthor.com.